Man. Mia Westbrook just talking about how uh, little Bry is becoming a big football guy. That's right. Two years old. Two years old. When my kid is two years old, he's going to be yelling at everybody. Is he? What do you yeah. think he's going to be saying? Oh. Bossing him around? Telling no. him what to do? Are you kidding? I have no idea. I think I'm having a girl first. Now, now, my fiance is not pregnant. Right, okay. And we're not okay. having kids. Okay. Oh, but really? I, have, I have always well, thought I'm starting with a girl. I'll always tell you this. thought it. My oldest is a girl. Yeah. And girls are so different than boys. But girls are perfect for the older child because now she's six. My son is two. Yeah. Now I can talk to her like, yo, what's the deal with yeah. your brother? Like, he's out of, I know, dad. He's totally out of control. And I'm like, <laughs> yeah, he is. I can talk to her like she's an adult right now. Yeah. It's oh, the best. man. If I, no, what I meant is like your kids just take on what you do. You're saying your son plays a lot of football now. Honestly. I feel like my son's just going to walk up to people and be like, what, what are you doing? Yeah. Yeah. What's going on? Absolutely. Yeah. And their announcer voice. That would be perfect. If actually. my kid was like, hey, dad, I'd be hey, like, oh, dad, crap. Dad, what's up, man? The demons are inside my child. <laughs> um, I asked David before we start, we need to settle. This is what you do in the beginning of a meeting. You let the accountant, a.k.a. the treasurer, a.k.a. the comptroller, mm-hmm. don't even think that's the right word, uh, establish the bets. We made some bets last week. We did. Do you remember any of them? Because I, I did not. none of them. Neither did I. Absolutely. Uh, so one of the bets we made uh, was that... You said the Cowboys were going to beat the Patriots. Oh my goodness! So you owe me a money. That's disappointing that they lost. I'm really, I'm really disappointed. This was after your Patriots are the worst team ever. And the, the Patriots Cowboys... didn't show me that much. The Cowboys showed me even less. Mm. But I'm disappointed about the loss. Uh, two other bets we made that we cannot cash out. Uh, you bet me conveniently also, enough. You bet me also that the Texans will beat the Patriots, and that is who the Patriots play. On Sunday, next week. That's a good bet. Still a good bet. I don't know, man. Still a great bet, actually. You could be down another a money. (laughs) That game is in Houston. Still a great bet. I feel comfortable about that. I will say that Will Fuller against uh, that Patriots defense could create some issues. Well, they got a couple guys that can catch the football. And the Patriots have a couple guys on the back end that can defend. Um, And uh, the other one was that... Oh, and the other one is that... Uh, I bet that the Texans wouldn't make the playoffs, and that took a hit after. I know who that there is. There he is. Son of a bitch. Hey, what's up, Left Go? It's Pat Pat here. Sorry, it's a little loud. I'm at the construction site here in Medford, where we're building a one third size replica of Gillette Stadium that we're calling Nikhil Harry's Razors Stadium. Get it? Hashtag sponsored content. Hold on, let me go somewhere quiet. Ah, that's much better. You that was great. You can't office for personal calls, man. Shut up, Trevor. I'm on the phone. Look, people are concerned that we're averaging just 13 points a game in November. But let me ask you this, genius. If this was the Red Sox scoring 13 friggin' runs a game, <laughs> would you be concerned? I didn't think so. And I just did air quotes on the word concern, by the way. But unfortunately, I can't bend my fingers on account of I've got six replica Super Bowl rings that I bought Ooh. at Dick's Sporting Goods spread around both my index and middle Ooh. fingers, dude. I could have gone pro, but college recruitment is far too political. So the Patriots at 10-1, and one, and the only team on planet Earth that could possibly dethrone them at this point is the one led by my stepbrother, Jimmy Garoppolo, who is texting me right now to ask for hair care tips. I don't have any. Gotta go. And remember, it's not Blake Jow loss, it's Blake Jow win. But a win for the Patriots. Y- you get the idea. Shut up. Pat Pat, out. Pat. Very happy that Trevor made a comeback. Don't, please don't use my office for personal yeah, calls. Yeah, yeah. Pat Pat, man. Patriots fans are always throwing those rings around a little bit. I mean, why shouldn't they? I guess you should, but Yes, that's we why you only have, have them. one. 
Like I said, like, eh. if I had six abs, you'd see them you all, would the see them all the time. You would I wouldn't them, wear a shirt. Yeah, I would blow my nose in my shirt. And I'd be like, God, I just, I'm sweating under my eyes. Look at my abs. Yes. If I had six, do you, you know how obnoxious football players are with rings? That's all they do. Anytime I see a football player go on TV for the first time, they're like, oh, I'm sorry that my ring is no. blinding Does Tom you. Brady wear his rings like that? Tom Brady is not your, all I do think about Tom Brady is with his rings jumping around yeah, like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. Yes. If I had Super Bowl rings, I would flaunt it ridiculous amounts. No way. Listen. I don't, I don't know that to be true. I think you'd be like, I, I'll wear one ring and maybe. I would not be one of those pros. It's like, oh, I don't even know where it is. Well, I'll tell you this. You know how big that those rings are? That would be my are. going out Friday they're, night they're out of control. They're too big. They're gaudy. Ah, nobody wants them. Get out of here. <laughs> Nobody wants that. That was a really good justification. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but one thing Pat Pat said, and again, I didn't know Pat Pat was going to talk about any of that, is Patriots Niners. Yes. I believe that right now we're really at a foursome, maybe at a fivesome of teams that I think can go to the NFL okay. Super Bowl. Okay. In Miami. Patriots. Yes. Niners. Yes. Ravens. Uh-huh. Saints. I believe that I I believe that the Packers can be scary, but that whew, that did not look good. No. No. The Seahawks because of Russell Wilson can be in every game. And I believe that the Chiefs and Patrick Mahomes can be in any. Those are like if you had to if you had to get, make me say 7, that's my 7, but I really don't think that anyone's messing with Baltimore, New England, the Saints or the Niners, if you have to go to their place. Well, you, they have home you named four teams that have very good defenses. You obviously yes. we saw and really the 49ers good in the running game. So playing defense, stopping the run, and yes. running the football in November, December, I mentioned it last week, is critical uh, to being able to get to the Super Bowl. But I also believe that Kansas City can get hot. Yeah. And offensively, when you can get hot at the right time, that that certainly is is, is a problem for defense. I just think that the, the four teams that I said – so this is how I look at it, too. Storyline-wise, there's a lot. Actually, man, i got to save some of this. The, the main thing that I would say, though, is if you have to go to New Orleans, good fucking luck. Yeah, it's hard, That's tough. It's hard to win. That stadium you go to Foxborough, good luck. Yep. If the Patriots have to go to Baltimore, or if Kansas City has to go to Baltimore, I think, I think Baltimore's got a huge edge over Kansas no City. And I think with New England, it's a, it's a coin flip. And that's really? really the best you can get when you're what, playing what, what New England. What makes you say that, though? Because Belichick in the championship game for me just feels so the second time they play Baltimore, yeah, and he's gonna like he's gonna have a little bit more game film on Lamar. It, I just I wouldn't feel that confident either way. That feels like 50-50. Right, right. And I, if, I feel more confident in the Ravens defense stopping the Patriots from scoring ten points. We're saying this on Monday Night Football: yeah, the Rams, right, Ravens, right, right. and they let up forty points. That's right. Yes, exactly. But I, I just feel more confident with that defense with their ability to get out the Brady. Especially even what we saw yesterday. We didn't see a great showing from that offense. Let's get to Bengal Tank because a lot of this is in Bengal Tank. I'm just excited to talk football with Seattle, too. What about Seattle? I I think with Russell, they can shock the world. Yes. I just think that yesterday in that win over the Eagles. They looked bad yesterday. They looked like we saw what DK Metcalf could be if he doesn't catch the ball. Um, Two big passes. And also, like, the Eagles offense couldn't take advantage of it. It was so bad. But... Well, they would have scored another at least 14 points if Metcalf catches the ball in the end zone. Yes. And I, for some reason, I don't know how this even Russell happened. Wilson and Patrick Mahomes can ruin the playoffs for anybody. Yes. They, they alone. Well, he, he overthrew a guy that was wide open in the end zone. Yeah, it was kind of like, ah, whatever. All right, let's get to Bengal Tank. Let's do it. 
Welcome back to Bengal Tank. Today's very special Thanksgiving episode of Bengal Tank is brought to you by The Possible Burger. It's just a burger and it's fun. First into the tank, Lefko's offering an investment in a potential Super Bowl matchup that might just make one of his more boisterous listeners so happy that he finally gets the energy to finish his zombie screenplay, The Departed 2, Undead DiCaprio versus Wahlberg. Yes, that is the actual title, and no, he will not budge on that point. All right, so we were talking about Super Bowl matchups. I believe I have the one that is the most entertaining when the game is played. Okay. I believe there are others that have great storylines, a few of which feel like destiny. But I believe there is one Super Bowl matchup that will be the most entertaining. You can ask me three questions, Mr. Venture Capitalist Brian Westbrook. So I, I need to what tell the you what teams. Is. No, you have to kind of guess what I'm going for, which I believe will be the most entertaining, most entertaining. Super Bowl matchup. Okay. Um, from the AFC side of things. Okay, this is question number one. Does this team have a good defense? Yes. So they have a good defense. Question number two. Okay. From the NFC Ooh. side of things. Because I think I have an idea which way you want to go with that. How good <gasps> is the quarterback for this team? I would say he's in the top 15 He's between eight. He's between eight and fifteen. Eight and fifteen. Okay. I'd say he's between eight and eighteen. Eight and eighteen. Okay. All right. <laughs> Question number three. Last one. I should get four just so we can do two for NFC and two for AFC. Just so you know. Fine. Make question three a two-parter. All right. Question three. For both. Part A. Part A. All right. Um, so I'm thinking about this team here. Got that one. And I got that one. AFC question. Okay. Three How A. good is the running side of their offense? Really strong. Very strong. Very. Okay. And Part the, B of the third question. Same thing for the NFC. Strong. Strong. Okay. So I'm going to guess. Okay. Let's, let's say, are we at the guess portion? I'm going to go the 49ers and the Ravens. And do you buy that as the most exciting Super Bowl matchup? The most exciting. Yeah, we don't want to see the Patriots. I think Patrick Mahomes would be fun, but they don't have a good defense. Yeah, I would go there. You are correct. That is my favorite matchup. What does he win? A new pencil. I'll have that to you from Rose. <laughs> I believe that Niners-Ravens yes. would be the most fun Super Bowl Sunday since Patriots-Eagles. And then before that, that I could – because Patriots-Eagles was 41. It was an exciting, was it was exciting game. But – that would be in the the Kyle Shanahan offense mm -hmm. against the Ravens with Jimmy G and that running offense against the Raven. Uh, Kyle Shanahan against the Ravens and then Lamar Jackson against that defense. I believe right now would be the best X's and O Super Bowl. Also. It is a Super Bowl rematch of the last time Colin Kaepernick was in the That's Super right. Bowl. That's so you right. got Lamar Jackson out Orleans. there. Mm -hmm. It's going to be in Miami, and Lamar Jackson is from Miami. So that's going to be really wild. Huh? Kyle Shanahan coming back um, against, like, oh, man. Shanahan and, and Harbaugh might be the two best coaches in the NFL right now. Great matchup. But – I do not think it has the best storylines. I think the best storylines is what Pat Pat was alluding to. Who's that? 
Tom Brady mm-hmm. against the team he grew up rooting for in the 49ers. No way. Tom Brady versus Jimmy Garoppolo. No. Tom uh, Jimmy Garoppolo versus Bill Belichick, who knows all of his weaknesses. Um, it is also Kyle Shanahan trying to get revenge against the Patriots for twenty-eight to three. That it is Belichick versus Shanahan, which is the best coaching matchup in the NFL. I believe that if that is Tom Brady's last Super Bowl and he goes out against the team he grew up rooting for, that I believe is the best storyline Super Bowl. Nobody cares about who he rooted for when he was a child growing up. You no, know, you know that we're going to see, I don't know who the announcer is. It's going to be like Tom Brady taking the field and who can look at this photo. Four-year-old Tom Brady wearing a San Francisco yeah, Joe Montana yes. jersey. Yeah, yeah. He said it was his dream to mm-hmm. play for the Niners. And now, remember, he once he did not win Super Bowl 50. He didn't make it there in San Francisco. That was Carolina Denver. But I think that's the best storyline. The best storyline is the most exciting player in the NFL, Lamar Jackson versus one of the best, most aggressive defensive fronts in the NFL. That's the best storyline. Yeah. That's the best X's and O's. But I mean, like, the gymnasts. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, but do, do we really care? Everybody's all – you have already have seen all the storylines that Tom Brady could possibly have in a Super Bowl. Yeah, but if – And I've already told you they're not making could a have, Super Bowl. But I this could have the seven – I might retire because I've already sold my oh. New England house uh-huh. and going out against Bill Walsh yeah. and the mystique of the San Francisco 49ers. They can do an interview and, with and Joe ending, Montana. And then he retires. Like, this could be the Brady retirement Super Bowl. Uh, so, so that means and you have the winning. what is seven, Brian Westbrook? It is the number of completion. Not to bring it back to the Bible, but it is. So I'm just saying... Now let, let's let's stay there because uh, two a month ago you gave me this whole about the Saints? essay about the Saints. Perfect. That is my second best storyline matchup: oh, Sean oh Payton God. and the Saints taking on the New England Patriots. Uh-huh. Sean Payton beleaguered. We've already gone into how they were screwed so many times. Last year, they yeah. even tried to screw him this weekend right, with did. the Carolina Panthers using his own rule against him, prompting Sean Payton to go. Not happening. Shaking his head vigorously. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Drew Brees coming back, leading it, and possibly going in Miami. The place where Drew Brees could have signed as a free agent, but they didn't clear his medical, and he could be with Nick Saban right now in the Dolphins, but instead they chose Dante Culpepper, making Drew Brees go to New Orleans and completing his year, and then he retires in Miami because all old white people retire in Miami. That is true. Keep, keep your microphone to yourself. Sorry. That, that is true. And that is why that is the second best storyline. Based upon your Payton reaction, that's Belichick. the first best one. No. No. You want to hear this story? You want to hear the Brady, stories about Tom it's, Brady it's, and his youth? No, it's because the Super Bowl is not about people like us. We watch the NFL all year round. Right. The Super Bowl is for the other people that don't watch. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That go into the next day and go, Tom Brady, he's always there. That's who the Super Bowl is for. Do you think that San Francisco... New England Super Bowl would have more meaning oh. to Tom Brady, you think? Then I mean, they all matter a lot, but it's, well, it's because Tom Brady, San Francisco, or Tom Brady, Saints. Team. I think it would also because I think that's a really, really tough matchup. And I think San Francisco, what's really interesting is San Francisco. Ooh, this is dangerous. You, you a chill went up my spine. You have to be honest. A chill went up my spine. Just be honest. I tried to be honest with you last week. Be honest now. Wow. No. I just saw something. Left Kodamas. Go. Say it. Not only are the Niners the perfect 
matchup for Brady and Belichick Perfect. and this team. Oh my goodness. You're they are built to be the ultimate Patriots, not just stopper, but Patriots pounder. That's true. The only that's, way that's that you true. beat Tom Brady is that you can generate pass rush with your front four. What better front four yeah, yeah. than this foursome for the San Francisco mm-hmm. 49ers? That's true. Kyle Shanahan, including that Super Bowl, where you could talk about how he lost 28-3, was up 28-3, and hung in the 30s, is averaging about 34 points in the 30s against Belichick for his career and will never let up. Mm-hmm. They have an offense you can't game plan for because it's Kittle, it's Mostert, it's Breida, it's Jeff Wilson Jr., it's uh, Debo Samuel, it's Tevin Coleman. You can't game plan for Sanders, it. Sanders, forgot about him. And it's the Richard Sherman revenge. Against Tom Brady, the dude that he ran up on and yelled in his face. I think that if the Niners played the Patriots in the Super Bowl, I can't believe I'm saying this. Not only are they going to win, they're going to win by double digits. The Niners. That if the Niners play the Patriots in Miami, they will win that game by more than a touchdown. More than more than 10. What? How, how do you say that? I don't know why it's coming out of me, but it's I don't know. Like I, I don't know why it's coming out of you right now that because last Niners week you play, warned me. I know, but I'm, t- say but these I'm saying the Patriots can get to the Super Bowl. You said they wouldn't get out of the AFC. I'm saying they're going to get there, and if it's the Niners, they're going to lose by double digits. Fuck! I don't want to say that. The Niners have that type of defense. They that have can, everything oh that can be scary to any yes. team. Period. Yes, because they can rush for. And the key to beating the Patriots, oh like the Giants God. did years ago, like the Eagles did uh, a couple years ago, is saying. getting pressure with four. That's what I'm saying. And be able to cover with seven. That's what I'm saying. And Tom Brady, that that defense is playing on a different level. Oh crap! Robasala. Their, their, their defensive uh, coordinator? People are making way too much out of the fact that he gets excited after games. Well, I, I, I like he, No, no, I, I love that. I, I think that's pretty cool but because that energizes the players. But that style of defense oh. is, is, is awesome. I never know how to credit defensive coordinators that have a lot of talent. Like, I look at Greg Williams at the eh. Jets right now and yeah. what he's doing, having the number one run defense in the NFL, they yes, and they right. don't really have that much talent, and right. they've had a ton of injuries. That's incredible. But, like, the Niners' D-line, and I mean, it is well, they got a bunch of pretty amazing how picks. they've developed. they got a bunch it of first-round picks. I think Fred Warner certainly should be a, a oh, pro-owner he's because been he, he's been playing great. I can't believe I said that. Secondary, he's been aggressive. But they take the shape of the defensive coordinator. Uh, and I, I'm going to say this one last thing. Whoever gets home field advantage in the NFC is who I believe is coming out of the NFC because I believe that every other team is screwed. If Drew Brees, now if Drew Brees has to go to San Francisco, right. I think it's going to be an amazing matchup, but I, I, I still think that Drew Brees outside is a little bit of a different animal. The fact that the Niners are going to New Orleans in two weeks yeah. to get a taste of the Superdome in the regular season even if they lose, I think that's enormous. That's what happened with the Rams last year. The Rams went to New Orleans, got the brakes beat off of them, yep. and then went back in the playoffs and Figured won. Because right. Jimmy needs to get a taste of the Superdome before it's playoff time, because it will shock you. And if either team has to go to Green Bay, which I don't think they're going to have to do now, no, no. I think that would have been troubling. But I don't know. That defense seems like it, you can go on the road and I win. I can't with believe that you let me say that. I tried to stop you several times. I said, stop, pump your brakes, don't go there. But you did it last week. I know, because we you are seeing the same thing that I'm seeing. That's why I told you not to go there. But now you're in the same boat with me. They got Kittle playing with a broken ankle. Ooh. 
dicing up people. The best best tight end in the league, obviously. But it, it's much more to his game. I hope, by the way, that Physical, everybody fast. I hope that everybody's saying all this to Kittle. Because I am friends with Kittle and I'm friends with Kelsey. And I really hope that Kelsey's getting pissed. Because I will say this George Kittle is phenomenal. Yes. Phenomenal. But he is nowhere near the receiver of Kelsey. And I am hoping that this motivates Kelsey because there's something about tight ends. When you say that one is a better blocker, it's like saying they're more of a man. Uh It's like saying they're a a winner. And he is. I have stood next to both. Both of them are huge. But Kelsey is a much larger man. And so I'm hoping, I'm not saying he's better. I would take Kittle right now, and I would say, Kelsey, man, you guys are fucking incredible. But right now, I take Kittle a little bit more. But I'm hoping that it pisses Kelsey off. Kittle is more physical after he gets the ball. Kelsey is physical, too. And he he seems like Kelsey. But Kelsey also has a 50-50 advantage. Absolutely. If you lob it up, Kelsey, I trust Kelsey more than Kittle. Um, I also think that Kelsey can be used a little bit more in the running game, if that makes sense. I think he's better at the shovel passes and stuff than Kittle is. Well, they do that a lot But I believe that I agree that Kittle is more dangerous with with the ball in his hands. I think Kittle's a tad bit faster. And I think he's a much better run blocker. Much. Much much better run block. I don't know if he's And those are the things that matter. I, I think you put Kelsey in space. It's just hard to defend that. Because he's that special. But Kittle, he's been powerful. He runs guys over in the secondary, stiff arms him. Hey, hey, listen, you're, you're, you're this small, small amount. I think Kittle's a little bit better. All right. I hope nobody clips out that Patriots thing and puts it on the internet. Yeah, because it's going to be bad luck for you, brother. I don't care anymore. All bad. All things. right, let's go to right back to the Bengal tank. That's one goodbye for me. Next up into the tank, Lefko believes one player not currently on a playoff team will single-handedly change the entire playoff picture. A few hints. He plays for a team based in North America. He prefers cleats to flip-flops when playing football. And he has both a first and last name. Hmm. That's a great hint. Some of the worst hints I've ever heard before in my life, actually. Like, literally, I'm no closer to guessing this than I was before those three hints. All right. Westbrook, Venture Capitalist. First Brian and last you name. Get, you, get three, you get three questions for clarity. So you, you don't give anything. You offered nothing. I will say that this guy, what he has done in the second halves of seasons is not going talked about enough. He's a defensive player. I have not. Th- is that one of your three questions? No, I'm just, I'm, I'm right. clarity. Don't, don't, you're not get getting these clarity? three. No, that's a I question. can't get a little, little bit of clarity. I'm just going to say that this is a guy that. Is he in the AFC North? Are these real questions? No, these are just, just kind of okay. talking out loud. All right. Because normally you don't have the discipline not to give me a little I bit. am. I am going a little bit off of Evan Silva on this one. He started talking about it. Ingber said, isn't this guy incredible? And I said, yes. I will give you a few hints was off he the traded? bat. He is in the AFC. He was traded during the he season. He is on offense. I will now give you three questions because that is more than enough. Okay. He's on offense. He's not on a playoff team right now. No, but in the next five weeks, he is playing three teams in the AFC Mm -hmm. that are in the playoff hunt. I do not believe his team actually is. And one team in the NFC playoff hunt. And I believe that he is performing at such a high level, it could really mess a few of them up. So why don't you ask me? Is he a running back? Yeah. Yes, he is. Okay. Do you know it? I don't know it, but I, I have a feeling. All right. My Take, spidey senses. Question. Is he in the AFC South? 
Yeah, just say his name now. Well, I mean, I, I can't get my questions out now. Hints. Yeah, I, now I, I'm I, angry. I, what do you mean? Your hints suck, first of all. They were great hints. That was some of the worst hints ever. So they're in the AFC South. <laughs> He's a running back. Is he taller than 6'2"? Yeah, just say his name. Derrick Henry. Yeah, do you agree? Why are you so upset at my success? This game is really fun when I win. I know. I know. Every now and then I have to win too. No, the name of this game is I win. (laughs) Uh, So uh, Evan Silva has been a little bit of a tear lately. And it's funny because it's one of those things where you go, wow, every year, Derrick Henry maybe doesn't play great in the first eight weeks. And then every time I'm watching Red Zone at the end of the year, it's Derrick Henry 80-yard touchdown, Derrick Henry 70-yard touchdown. Easily explained. So here are some stats that Silva has. Follow me on Twitter, at Evan Silva. He's the man. He one time compared me to Joe Rogan, so he's in my heart forever. Career touchdowns in September and October for Mm -hmm. Derrick Henry, 10. Career touchdowns in November and December, 24. Yeah. That's 2.4x. That's wild. Also, this is from Rich Hebar, who writes for Warren Sharp's uh, website. Derrick Henry's last 16 games played. 1,600 rushing yards for 5.3 yards a carry. 18 rushing touchdowns. 19 catches, 209 yards, two receiving touchdowns. Mm -hmm. And when you look at the schedule of the teams they play, this could be really interesting. They play at Indianapolis in a dome. That Colts defense has been a lot better ever since they got crazy Darius Leonard back. That's right. Oakland, the Texans twice, and versus the Saints at home. There's something about the Saints, if they're still fighting for a one seed, having to go to Tennessee, yeah. and and Derrick Henry just beating them up for an afternoon. Even if it's not, even if it's not a win, just getting pounded by Derrick Henry. Yep. But the fact that the Texans have to play him twice, and I went back and looked, and the Texans have had success against Derrick Henry. They have. They've also lost some unspeakable games to the Titans. But if the Texans have to face Derrick Henry, and we saw Whitney Merciless getting beat up on Thursday, and they already don't have J.J. Watt. Now, D.J. Reader's been great. I just think Derrick Henry can be one of those guys, and quietly, the last two games, the Titans have put up 77 points against the Chiefs and the Jaguars. I think Derrick Henry could be one of these AFC player of the weeks a few times and really mess up the playoffs for a few teams. Two points. The Texans without J.J. Watt have given up over an average of 169 yards per game. Nice. That's without him. Now, with them, obviously, they were low. They were giving up 85 yards a game. Sure. So he makes a big difference. But the biggest point and why I say that it's predictable that Derrick Henry has had so much success the latter part of the season yeah. is his size. I, I met the kid when he was in high school. He came down to the Maxwell Awards. One of he the biggest humans I've ever seen. 6'3", 250 at the time. I saw him maybe last year. He was 6'4", 250. Huge. At this point in the season, the teams that are getting ready for a playoff push, especially if you got 9, 10 wins, now you start making decisions like, okay, I, what I can't do is get hurt now. What I can't do is afford to say, you know what, I got a nagging injury going into the playoffs. So now I'm making business decisions. And the one thing I don't want to do at the end of the year when it's cold, when I'm already being dinged up just a little bit, it's tackle 6'4", 250. I don't want that trouble. And what you saw yesterday it's trouble. in that game was guys just saying, you know what, I'm not getting in the way. I'm going to run just slow enough 
that I could try to get him with an arm tackle and not tackle him, just make sure that I look good on tape. Mm. We saw that game after game, and they replayed what he did last year against uh, – who was it he did last year? Jacksonville. Jacksonville again. He owns Jacksonville. It's the same doggone thing. And Jacksonville normally has a nasty run defense, but not against that guy. The other thing is, too, is – Big, big man. Ryan Tannehill – is yes. kind of providing a spark again. He's big too, though. And the the thing is, is Mariota was mobile, but Tannehill is more willing, it seems like, to run. Uh, I do not want to spend a lot of time uh, breaking down the Titans because I think that they're they're just going to be a very annoying team. I also think what's interesting about the Titans and the reason they can make life really hard for these teams down the stretch is their defense as a whole. Their defense is really, really good. I just want to get an official number on where they are. Uh, the Tennessee Titans right now, they're 17th in total yards. Pass, this is not good. They're actually not that great. But the run defense, yeah, the run defense is 13th. It's Derrick Henry. I just think what he does to you where he beats you up and then also could be a little spark right now, yeah. I think he could be dangerous for And Ryan teams. Tannehill runs the ball a little bit too. And he's a big kid. He looks big in the pocket when he's back there in the pocket. I'm not going to – I don't yeah. – Ryan Tannehill is going to get paid and it's going to be funny. Yeah, well, of course, man. He should get paid. He's played well this year. He should get paid. He should get paid. I just yeah. don't want my team being the one to pay him. Well, Tennessee's going to pay him. They don't have a choice. They got to pay him. I heard some people saying they might do a franchise tag. Possibly. Just to see what he has. Why, why, why do you have a problem with that? I don't know. I He's played well. Imagining Ryan Tannehill with $24 million for one season kind of sounds crazy. He's not Teddy Bridgewater. When I got when I got the best running backs, I got Christian McCaffrey making like nine. Well, that's because running backs don't, aren't respected, as they should be. Running backs matter. They, they do matter. And look at Carolina as a great example of that. Look at Green Bay, a great example of that. You can't put it all on your quarterback's shoulders. Get the ball to the running back. They do matter. Big difference. Look at San Francisco. Look at all those teams that you talked about that could play in the Super Bowl. New England, yesterday, they got their run game going. They know what's happening. Yeah. November, December, can you run the football? Can you stop the run? That's going to dictate who's going to win the game. Yeah, Kevin Curtis gets his 200-yard game in September, yeah. not November. Uh-huh. It's simple. You win. You you start off. You get into the playoffs in fantasy with wide receivers. That's right. And you win the championship with running backs. Run it down their nose. Run it down uh, right down their. Was it right down their throat? I've never heard run it down. Run their it down nose. their nose. I made that. Up. Boogers. I made that up. Run it down their nose. All right, last Bengal tank. Where are we going? Two for two for Westy. Damn. And finally, into the tank, there's one particular coach who's on the hot seat. But Lefko says he might have dug himself out of his own hole. It really hurts him to say, but if you're unable to stuff a bunch of food inside your 1990s computer, then I would be glad to fill a del for you. Who am I wow. talking about? I have no idea. This segment has gone off the rails. Bengal tank. That is Ingber getting really high and mighty after saying uh, Baltimore. Yeah. Last last week, and then he went with Philadelphia. Yeah, yeah. I appreciate it, though. I didn't even know that that filling a computer with things could be turned into a city. That was great. Um, I believe there is a coach uh, that I think some people are going to put on the hot seat, and I'm asking you if you buy that he should stay. This that unnamed the coach, long-term answer. should I buy that he should stay? You get three questions. You are it's... buying that this coach, currently beleaguered, currently losers of two straight, should stay. You get three uh, questions. All right. Um, 
Who's are, there? Are they in the AFC? No. So they're in the NFC. Okay. Two questions left. They've lost two straight. Correct, sir. Do they have a good quarterback? Yes. A good do you say top ten? I didn't hear you. You asked me good quarterback. Well that that would mean top ten. I would say when he's playing well, people could say he's top five. When he's playing well. Okay. But I would say saying top ten is is typically where he is. Sometimes he's not playing at that level, sometimes he is. Okay. Do they have, have they won a Super Bowl in the last five years? Fuck. No. They haven't. Oh, that's all your questions. Damn. <laughs> I was not expecting that. Okay. Who are you going to guess? I was, I mean, I, I think the obvious <laughs> answer could have been the Eagles. All right. So what are you going to buy? You don't know who it is. I like you buying or not based on if you don't know. Um, but I also think you could have easily said the Dallas Cowboys. All right. So am I buying what? What's the question? Am I buying? Are you buying this coach that he should stick around? No, I'm not. No. It was Jason Garrett. Yeah. He's damn. He's out of there. This is Brian Westbrook's best showing of all time. Hey man, I focused today. Focused. Uh, as you were watching that game, what did you think about, uh, I guess the, the main call that everyone that I would like to talk about. Which is Jason Garrett kicking the field goal down seven with six minutes left from the eight-yard line. Yeah. Well, I, I think at that point, based upon what you've seen your offense Give me your do, honest truth. Did you go, you should kick this, or no, so, you got to So here's, a, here's the scenario. He had three timeouts. You're down seven, six minutes to go. At some point, you're going to say, I think my defense can get a stop. But the truth is, we, we really didn't see the defense getting any stops all game long. No, it was like missed throws by Brady. They were yeah. a little bit higher wide or maybe that a defense drop has by been Nikhil disappointing. Harry. Yeah. I mean, bad fits in the run game. We're talking about Sean Lee going inside when he's outside. He should be outside uh, and contain. I, I just think that um, – Didn't have uh, Van Der Esch, yeah. I think the, the, the truth is, and quite honestly, I think the best coaching decision, if your defense was able to get a stop, which they weren't, would be to kick it. You have six minutes left and three timeouts. That's the right coaching decision. But based upon the way that my defense has played, and quite honestly, based upon the way my offense had played, my ability to get back down there was just not very good, especially throwing the football. Our best receiver ended up the game with zero catches. So I think I probably would have went for it, but I think the right coaching decision probably is to kick the field goal and extend the game a little bit more, make it a longer uh, situation because if you if you don't kick, let's say you don't get it right, and they go down, they drive the field 82, 92 yards, and score, then the game's over. Even a field goal, if even if they drive it sixty yards, the game's over with the field goal. As somebody that bet the Cowboys mm-hmm. plus six, that's a good bet. I have never been in a situation where that dream has come true. Yeah. I have rooted for a lot of teams down seven to kick the field goal, knowing that it is the worst real football decision that you can make. Nah. The worst. Why? But they won me the bet. Why would? Why, so why do you say it's the worst? Go, I am going to go light on Jason Garrett because Jason Garrett, what you did, I believe, should go down in the NFL betting Hall of Fame. <laughs> the down seven plus six bet in which you kick the field goal. That really, the only reason you do that. Is if you're try if you bet the game, and I'm I'm not going to sit here and accuse Jason Garrett of betting the Cowboys plus six and taking it. <laughs> I would never do that. But 
There is no reason for you to do that. Why? Your offense has had zero to little success all game. You have not been in this part of the field all game. Being down a touchdown versus being down a touchdown doesn't fucking matter. You either go for it or you plan earlier in the drive, let's say the first down of that series, and say, instead of thinking that we're going to kick it, let's act like we're going for it on fourth down. Mm -hmm. So instead of running that play on third, we try and get three or four yards to get ourselves a more possible fourth down. I am not going to go really hard on Jason Garrett that he said after the game that they don't speak to analytic people. The same week that an article came out on The Athletic that the Baltimore Ravens not only craft a game plan and practice situational game flow with their head analytical people, but they will tell him win probabilities during the drive and on the plays. I am not going to focus on the fact that Jason Garrett seems completely ill-prepared for any of these situations. I'm not even going to focus on the fact that in the morning, Ian Rappaport reported that if Jason Garrett is fired, that the New York Giants are a likely landing spot, one that he, quote, approves of, mm-hmm. clearly being released by either the Gi- the excuse me Cowboys or Garrett because the Giants had no comment. Cowboys. And I don't know why, thank you, I don't know why the Cowboys would leak that out. You know why. And I'm not going to say that Jason Garrett likely should have been fired today after Jerry Jones came out and said we got out coached. He did Or the him. fact that they were ill-prepared on multiple special teams team's place, and this has been going on for a decade. I'm not going to focus on that. I'm just going to say, Jason Garrett, thank you, because I have never seen a coach kick a field goal when I have a team plus six and they're down seven. I've always wanted it to happen. I never knew it would happen, and for that I say thank you, and I'm not going to talk about all that other stuff. Don't even mention it. Not even going to bring it up. Don't even bring it up. I'm going to bring it up. I, I still think it was the right coaching decision. So analytically, it's proven that you're very wrong. Yeah. Because what's the advantage? Well, the advantage. So you go down four. So then you go, okay, so then we still have to stop the Patriots to get the ball back. Yes. And now they're going to punt it, likely, and we're going to start within our own 20, where we have to stop the Patriots anyway. So let's say we don't even get it. Mm -hmm. And now it's on the seven. And they, they go three and out, which you have to anyway. Now you're likely getting the ball to 40. Well, the reason why you, I would kick is because you extend the likelihood of the game. So I think you're extending the minimization of the loss. I don't think the game is extended. Well, it's extended because if, if let's say you don't get it. Let's just operate on that premise. You don't get the, the touchdown there on fourth down. Right? Okay, so you're still down seven. They have the ball on the eight. And they drive 60 yards, Okay, which they have the capability to do. You're yep. playing against the greatest quarterback of all time. Then they get a, a field goal, right? So now you're down 10. So what you're doing, though, is you're guarding against the loss. And I think that my issue in the NFL are there are some coaches that are focusing on win probability, and there are some coaches that don't even realize that they're focusing on losing probability. I think there are more coaches out there that are going, how do we not lose instead of how do we win? For example, I'm watching the ESPN pregame show, and they're saying, if the Browns win this game, their chance of making the playoffs is 70%. If they lose, it's 18%. And they're like, don't lose. No shit. If you're if you're lose like you are trying to win the game, and 
if you have a better chance of going for it on fourth, if you get that, your win probability skyrockets. What was it? Fourth and what? Eight? Fourth and seven. Fourth and seven. But the, the real thing is that a lot of people are saying— On the first saying, and second down, they should have done different things. And, that, and that's second the and indictment third, on really. Jason Garrett. That's the difference. Yes. They should have done different things. But also things. in that situation, look, I don't want to blame it all on Garrett because there was a huge— third down conversion ah, on that last drive. Another call. Taken away by a phantom tripping penalty. That's right. And we could wax poetic about how the referees are wildly inconsistent at the same point. The Cowboys' best chance to score was there inside the 10. And I, I don't want to lose track of that because of an injury, of a, of a penalty that would have given the ball on the, their own 40. Well, see, the, here's here's the other part that you have to look at, and I, I agree that it was their best chance to score, but Tom Brady and that offense hadn't looked great all year, but I mean, all, so all game. Get them inside their own five. Maybe. Maybe. You get the ball on the 50, 60. Let's say, let's say you get the ball on the 50, right? You pin them inside. They don't get the first down. You get the ball on 50. You, you still have to drive down. I, I can, You can make that argument. I just think that if they somehow get a, a, a PI penalty at the fifty, let's say they you don't get the touchdown and the the Patriots end up getting a PI penalty a long one, now it makes it a much easier kick for them. For me, which makes it a game that, out of out of hand. For me, kicking that field goal is like when defenses play prevent in a two minute, mm-hmm. and you're going, we're preventing a touchdown, but you're really just suffering a slow death. And so I think kicking the field goal means you die slower. Whereas if you go for the touchdown, you can flip it around like that. And I think we've entered a world, Westbrook, of football where it's been proven that the more aggressive teams that are actively trying to win, the Baltimores, the Niners, the Saints, the teams that go for it on fourth down, like the Saints in that game where the the crazy call happened, the reason the Panthers were in a position to get that pass interference is because Sean Payton went for fourth and one on his own 45. That's different, though. Fourth and one and fourth and seven are, are hugely different. They still but had that an was opportunity. Also fourth and seven on the eight. Yeah, but they also had an opportunity where they had the ball because they forced the Patriots to punt. The reason the Eagles after were able to beat the Patriots is they were the team that went for it on those fourth downs. Do you remember on the game-winning drive yeah. that Zach Ertz caught? They also had a fourth and seven, I think, at their own thirty, and they got it on a slant to Ertz. I remember because I looked around the Patriots fans and when we got that. I said, "You're fucked." But no, the, but you need you need to go. That for wasn't those. a game that was going to be decided thirteen to nine. This game didn't have a bunch of offense. Yeah, but to me, it's even more so because if you thought that you were going to put together a 60-yard, 70-yard drive against the Patriots, then you should and you be— you hadn't done that you, all game. You right. should be fired for that. You should be fired for that. Like, if you thought, you know what, I got faith, then I'm going to tell you that Amari Cooper has zero catches, your best offense has been end-arounds to Tony Pollard, right. and that Dak doesn't have it because it's raining and it's windy out. And if you believe that you could do it again, then you should be fired on that well, alone. Here's a thought that you just had a a what eight play, seventy eight yard drive, right? We'll pin them. We'll kick the field goal. And we'll pin 40, them deep. Forty and to we'll fifty get the of that ball. was Randall Cobb on the big play, fifty nine yards down the sideline. Absolutely. Yes. So and you, it almost you, was a fumble. Yeah, almost. So you 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 get the field goal, right? This is a thought. So now it's thirteen nine. You get the field goal. You pin them deep. You get the ball at the fifty. Let's say you get it at the forty. You get another big play. Now you have the chance to go and win the football game. That is playing aggressively. But my thing is, is this whole what if game? Because I heard Orlovsky saying this on ESPN this morning too. Of if they get it, they stop them and they go. That's a whole lot of shit that I don't have faith in. I don't well, have faith in the Cowboys stopping them because well, they didn't. I, I, that's true. I didn't I have, have faith, faith in, in the Cowboys driving. 
And well, you're just coming off a long drive, though. So you're coming off a long drive. You know what's wild? Is I would have liked it more if Garrett kicked the field goal and then kicked an onside kick. Does, Give yourself a chance to get it back there. If you no. don't, you got to stop him anyway. It, still, and you just gave yourself insurance the, with the field you're goal. You're playing for a tie that way. No, what? You, what are you talking about? No, because if you kick an onside kick and the Patriots get it, and let's say you stop them because you have to and they kick a field goal, all right, now you're down seven, you get the ball back, which is right. what you were saying. Then, and so you, let's say so you go down and you're score, giving, but, but you're at, playing for the tie. In this way, if you go down and score after having 13 to nine, you're playing for the win because you still got to score a touchdown. You're playing for a win, not a tie. I, I think In their house. You're playing for a win later. I, I personally e- Even if they that, got that touchdown, right? The score is still tied. Yes. And they still haven't stopped the Patriots all game. Yeah, but now, like, if you stop them, you just got to kick a field goal. If you stop them, yeah. Yeah, I mean, you have to stop them anyway. You got to get a field goal anyway. I know. I just, I, I think that it really, really feels like, I don't know where that fucking Jason Garrett story came out Sunday morning. Like, I don't know how, like. You know for, where it came from. No, no, but I know that. It came from Jerry. But why would Jerry put out. That the Giants are interested in Jason Garrett. I I don't know who Jason Garrett's agent is. Jason Garrett. You, so you think that the Jason Garrett's agent may have? Who does it. this? Uh, Who's the benefit? Who does it benefit? Mm-hmm. Well, it depends. If, I don't know. If because Jerry, I know that I was in here yesterday with a Giants fan, mm-hmm. and he went, "If we sign Jason Garrett," <laughs> and I, in my head, I'm like, as an Eagles fan, if Jason Garrett doesn't leave the division right. and goes to the Giants, Thank let's you. fucking go. That's right. That's right. That sounds amazing. Mm-hmm. But it, it, the writing is on the wall that the to me, the only way Jason Garrett keeps his job is if they go to the Super Bowl. And I don't even know if they went to the Super Bowl and lost to the Patriots again, he might still get fired. No way. If they make it to the Super Bowl, he he definitely keeps his job. But I, based I, upon that defense that I've seen in the last few weeks, they're not getting. To well, the he's the offensive guy. Well, you know, he's the he's the Om Tomlin. I I'm the head coach that uh, I have an offensive background, and I sometimes go in that room, mm-hmm. but I'm a head coach. Yeah. And the thing is, I respect Jason Garrett, but like his quotes after the game about not using analytics was further proof of the one area he's super inept in. I feel like he would have, you know how they say some people are before their prime Mm -hmm. or before their time and after their time, like you were before your time. Like if you came 10 years later, you'd be fucking Christian McCaffrey. Like Jason Garrett is actually post his time. Jason Garrett would have been a phenomenal coach in the nineties. He said he doesn't use analytics at all. He said that during the game, he doesn't have people in his ear being like, hey, if you go for it here, your win probability is 48. Right, but if you right, kick right. the field goal, it drops down to 30. They don't do that. Where the best teams in the NFL do. Yeah. They, I mean, they, they certainly had a chance to, to win that game. When you think about Cooper, Gallup, uh, uh, Cobb, Zeke, and Dak, who's playing one of the best seasons he's ever had, you think that you're going to score more than nine points. Period. Period. Hell, the Eagles scored 10. And they have none of those weapons. Yeah. So you, you just kind of figure, especially going there against a team that has been really good against the pass but is susceptible to some runs, you think that you got a chance to at least run the ball a little bit better and score more than nine points. Here's my other issue, and I'm going to bring this back to the Eagles because that's where we need to finish. I'm very tired of teams playing the Patriots, and the Patriots are the only team that runs trick plays. Yeah. You are playing the Patriots. The only way that you have a chance of winning is unleashing the bag and using everything you got. There is no let's save it for week 15. Every win in this league is huge. And the Patriots or the the Seahawks used a trick play against the Eagles because Pete Carroll is good in big games. He gets it. 
Kyle Shanahan has not just one, but seven trick plays for mm-hmm, you. Mm-hmm. Sean Payton has five trick plays for you. Sean McVay has about two. He doesn't have as many as I'd like. It's not really where I'd want it to be right now. But I'm tired of these traditional coaches just saying, we got to do what we got to do to beat them. You're also a little bit scared. Matt LaFleur said at halftime in that blowout by the Niners, we're not going to change what we're doing because if we did, we're going to lose by more. Mm. If you are not adjusting anything at halftime, and you're being a 70-year-old all ball coach down at the local high school saying, we're going to do what we do better than anybody does what they do, (laughs) then get the hell out of here. When you play the Patriots, you're scared to do trick plays because if you make one mistake, the game gets out of hand. The Patriots have done this for years. They've capitalized on other teams' mistakes. And so you're scared as a head coach. And I'm not saying that I would be because just to your point, that made those trick plays maybe the only reason Tell that you, you got, got a bro. chance. The reason why the, the, the Ravens beat up on the Patriots so much, not because of trick plays, because it was a trickery of Lamar Jackson. How about the history they, of the Patriots and the Ravens? The Ravens were always the team doing flea flickers that's first true. Yeah. to the Patriots. Yeah, yeah. They were the team bringing out tight ends and playing them at tackle. Well, the reason, and here's a reason why. The and, Eagles and, and, beat the Patriots simple, because of the Philly. The Patriots that's also so fundamentally sound that when you do trick plays, it breaks all of the rules. They're yes. so sound. Their rules are just, that's how they live. They operate 10, 10 yards, 12 yards, 15 yards. I'm supposed to be outside. I got security outside arm. It, that All the trick plays break all the rules. That's why they work. I will never them. forget after the Falcons-Patriots Super Bowl, I was texting with Sims when they go up 28-3. to And I was like, forget the Falcons' offense. It's Kyle. He's going to know their rules. How is the Falcons' defense doing this to the Patriots? And he said they're playing a defense they've never played before. Yep, unscouted. My thing is this. If you're going to play Belichick, you need to know yourself. You need to self-scout and know what are my tendencies and then how do I not do that against them? Mm-hmm. And, if, and, and I understand that's really tough on one week to change everything that you believe in and your DNA, and I get it. They are a two, if not three-week preparation team. But like the teams that face this team in the playoffs, if, if it is the Ravens and they know that it could be the Patriots and they could start you know, in the bye week a little bit or they do have an extra week, if you are facing the Patriots and you don't play an offense and a defense completely unlike that you normally do and you don't have two or three plays, that's why I'm excited if it is Saints or Niners in the Super Bowl. Because Sean Payton's going to draw some things up yeah. and Kyle Shanahan's going to draw Absolutely. some things up. I remember playing the Patriots in the Super Bowl, and all season long, they've been a 3-14. We are practicing, so it's a two-week lead time before the game. We're practicing against a 3-4 all week for the, for the t- past two weeks. We come out the first play, they're playing a 4-3. And we're like, what in the hell just happened? All the stuff that we practice for hours upon hours, two hours a day, is out the window because yeah. they're playing a totally different defense than we expected. Exactly. And it was crazy. And my thing is – it shouldn't be crazy. You have to be able to address, uh, adjust. Team, but also, like, like that's why I think, you know, Sean McVay watched so many games of game film last year and said he overprepared because Belichick has to get in your head. Yes. That you could be like, he's played this incredible defense all year, but what if he comes out in base 4-6? Mm-hmm. 
And you have no idea that he's been slowly every practice. Hey, guys, we're going to do five minutes on the four six. Yep. You know, the fact that the story came out, and I, I really hope that Belichick actually didn't do any of this, but he says it just to fuck with people, that they, the year before the interception against the Seahawks, that he practiced goal line defense every single day. And at that moment, it just led to that. And he had no idea, but it just he gets in people's heads. But in my mind, you know, it's like if you're you're playing poker or you're playing somebody in basketball, you're anticipating the move that they think you're going to mm-hmm, make. Mm-hmm. But with Belichick, it's like, okay, you're going to do that move, and I'm going to do this, and you can go like seven layers deep. He's already thought it. He's already thought it. And what he does Shit, well. good. The crazy part is that when you talk about halftime and, and, and LaFleur not wanting to change anything, Belichick's changing things in between series. At, at the quarter marks. Somebody Not tweeted just at this, halftime. and I don't know who it is, and I apologize, but it was the scariest thing in sports is seeing Bill Belichick write something down on the sidelines. When he takes that pencil out and makes a note, <laughs> someone's being eliminated. Right. Something is about to be exposed. Take him away. You're either going to lose points or they're going to gain points. Mm-hmm. But it, he's nothing like it. But he did get something wrong. What did he get wrong? The running back rankings on the NFL top 100 of all time. Oh, okay. okay. Did you see this list? I have not seen the complete list, no. Now, a lot of people are saying that it's Belichick and it's going to be right and all that stuff. Mm -hmm. They have been, they did uh, running backs on Friday. Okay. And in studio, they had Emmett Smith and Jim Brown. Okay. All-time leading rusher. Okay. And who many believe is the greatest running back of all time. Yeah. Now, these were the names that were put on the list. I believe they're doing like 100 greatest players, and I think they did 12 running backs. Okay. Jim Brown, Earl Campbell, Eric Dickerson, Walter Payton, Barry Sanders, Gail Sayers, O.J. Simpson, Emmett Smith, Steve Van Buren. Mm-hmm. Eagles, okay. Lenny Moore, Marion Motley, Earl Dutch Clark. Okay. The youngest running back in that crew is Emmett Smith. Right. And he was 15 years ago from today when he retired in Arizona. No Adrian Peterson. Mm-hmm. No LaDainian Tomlinson. Mm-hmm. No Marshall Falk. Yep. Uh, a, a, a host of anybody that's played in the last two decades. And Belichick... The one that I think a lot of people have been focusing on is the guy that played in the 30s, Earl Dutch Clark, who Belichick said was one of the great two-way players and most versatile players to ever play the game. And I'm just going to say this. This romanticizing of the two-way player, I get it. When I grew up hearing about Chuck Bagnarik and how he was the best D lineman in the game and the best O lineman in the game, I said, wow, what a warrior. If Jerome Bettis played in the 30s, he would be the greatest defensive lineman that's ever lived and the best running back of all time. Absolutely. I watched the eight clips they found of Earl Dutch Clark. And you know when you're watching clips of Jim Brown, you go, it's incredible. He makes everybody else look like a newspaper He's salesman. Huge, right. Earl Dutch Clark looked like one of those newspaper salesmen. <laughs> one of his highlights was a drop kick. It was a drop wow. kick. Wow. And my thing is, 
We talk all the time about greatest and best. None of those guys can compete. And this was from Dave Finocchio, former founder of Bleach Report. We were texting about that this weekend. He said there is definitely a best versus greatest where, you know, is there really been anyone better than Adrian Peterson in terms of best? I don't know, man. He really had everything. But greatest may have been Walter Payton. You know what I mean? And and his example in the NBA was that Bill Russell is arguably the greatest. Right. Ten championships, 12 years, all right. that. But Michael Jordan might be the best. Mm-hmm. And he might also be the greatest. That's how good he was. But these names... I don't think you can leave out the last 20 years, man. How could you? But And I it, wanted to hear your perspective that actually played. That's my rant. I don't no, no, no. I, I think you're right. It was an interesting point about Earl Dutch Clark. His last two seasons, he was a player coach. Can you, can you imagine that? Be like, yeah, yeah, yeah. We're going to run these plays for me first. And then we'll try to get you involved quarterback a little bit later. But that's that's pretty cool. Can 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 you fire someone on your own team if you're the player? Oh, we're firing. We're firing Carson Wentz today. That would be incredible. I'm out. I'm out. But that that's pretty cool. But here here's my thought about the list. I don't think you put Adrian Peterson on it quite yet because he's not finished playing yet. Right. That's why. But Marshall Falk certainly should be on there. Ladanian certainly should be on there. They're, those are two no brainers right off the top of my head. I think both of those guys deserve to be on there right now because Marshall actually changed the game. We talk about Christian McCaffrey right now. We talk about uh, Kamara down there in New Orleans. He changed how people viewed view running backs. Back in the day, it was 4-3 and two running back set. And Marshall Falk, what he did was got this place, got outside in the slot position, even out wide, yep. and made a, a linebacker go check him. And he just tore it up. And he opened the gates for guys like me that we were able to say, you know what, now we need to get just get our running back in space with the linebacker. Sure. And then what happens with defenses now, they say we're not going to go base defense anymore. We're not going to play with three linebackers. We're going to play with two and a nickel guy. Mm-hmm. Just, just because if they displace a running back, we want to have a faster guy out there. And you still see guys like Christian McCaffrey still doing this thing. You saw David Johnson a couple of years ago yeah. doing this thing. So I, I certainly think that Marshall should be on there. I think Ladanian and his ability to score touchdowns, just for that alone, was was excellent. What's interesting, everyone focuses on, and this is definitely recency bias, and there's totally ageism, and there's a huge part of me that doesn't care about that old part yeah, of, you of should, football. Yeah. And, I, and I do, I read a book about the history of football and how it started in steel mills, and really it, it took people like that. But to compare it nowadays is crazy. But it's not just comparing the guy from the 30s to the guy from the 2000s. I don't think Emmett Smith is the, a top three running back in the last 30 years. If you want me to be real, well, Emmett put up a lot of yards. I would take pop, Marshall thing... Falk over Emmett. Okay. I would take Adrian Peterson over Emmett. Okay. I would take Ladinian Tomlinson over Emmett. Okay. I would take Thurman Thomas over Emmett. And so, they played in the same decade. Well, and I know the guy kept playing. Yeah. But I'm feeling a little bit the way I feel about I know he's better than Frank Gore. Okay? He was. I don't think Emmett was. Was he always? Was he ever the best running back? And uh, I don't. Emmett, Emmett I also was, had a fight with Emmett at Super Bowl three well, years, two uh, years I, ago. I, I hear it coming out in you right now. And so we've never been cool since. But then we did see each other at Amigos Emmett, concert. Emmett seems okay. to be a good guy, though. I've always liked Emmett. Eagles always been really, really cool. Go back and watch the YouTube video. It is on YouTube on the Left Coast Show. We had him at Super Bowl in Minnesota, yeah. and he just got yelled at by a group of Eagles fans. Okay. And I told him I was one, and he said that we were a bunch of dogs that didn't know how to win. Okay. And we went up and back, and he got so heated, and he had his little chest hair out, and he was, like, insulting me that we don't even know how to win, and even if we win one, it's only one. Right, right. But 
I still, and th- this is removing all of that bias away. Yeah. Am I wrong to say that he's not even a top three running back in the last you're 30 years? You're basing it on today's offenses. That's what you're basing it on. Back in the, when Emmett, and talking about the 90s now, it was hardcore, if we run put the ball Adrian, down your throat. If we put Adrian Peterson yeah. behind that Dallas offensive line in the 90s, yeah. he may have run for 3,000 yards. I agree. And, but Adrian Peterson, if we, we put Barry as Sanders, soon as he's retired, he's on this list as well. We know that. Barry was a different cat. We put Ladanian or Marshall behind that offensive line. Yeah. He, I, they I, would have 3,000 yards. I agree. But, but here's the thing. Emmett played through injuries, the longevity Very that he was durable. able to play with. I mean, those are the special things about Emmett. And you can't say – I mean, listen, all the carries that he had, all the yards that he racked up, Super Bowls, coming back from, from, from being off for a couple of weeks because of holdouts and winning Super Bowls, that was impressive. That was made Emmett great. He certainly should be on this list. I, I think all of those guys that you're talking about are great running backs. You put great of running course. backs behind great offensive lines, they're going to be special. The thing that always that happens— That doesn't take away what Emmy was able oh, to do. Let me, let me explain this. The thing that always happens is you say somebody is like the seventh best running back of all time, and people are like, he hates this guy. Right. The true thing is, is the fact that you're in the conversation means you're one of the greatest to have ever played. I believe that sometimes greatness is situational. Well, that's true. You know, like Terry Bradshaw was a great quarterback. He also had almost as many as interceptions as touchdowns. Yeah, but he was on the steel curtain, yep. and they won four Super Bowls. That's right. You know, like if Phil Simms went to the Niners instead of Joe Montana, and they flipped, they might still each win a Super Bowl. Maybe. But who the hell knows? That's right. And it, it, the fact that Brady went to the Patriots, you know what I mean? The fact that Dwayne Haskins has to play on Washington, where if Dwayne Haskins went to New England, he'd have a completely different career. Ooh. I just think that that – Emmett Smith went to the perfect situation. Perfect storm. Yeah, it was a perfect storm from him. And I'm just looking at the list of, of all the great running backs, and I have so much admiration for these guys. Obviously, O.J., Eric Dickerson, Marshall Falk, Marshall, uh, Marcus Allen. Also, a little funny thing is if you look at the image the NFL put out, boy, they're trying to hide O.J. Oh, of course they have. They got O.J.'s like half an eyeball. You're Curtis like, oh, Martin. I see a Buffalo Bills logo. Curtis Martin is the one that Jackson, I never mentioned. Fred Taylor. Well, he's never mentioned. He should be because Fred Taylor was a load, big and fast and powerful. What was what is your Ezra James? What was your look should on Curtis me. Martin? Like I think, watching I think, him because I don't think I ever appreciated him enough. I think he was special, and I don't have the numbers. I don't know how many yards he rushed for, but he's up there. I mean, he had over twelve thousand yards, obviously. I think in in his career, but he was special. He carried teams fourteen thousand one hundred and one yeah. fourth all time at the time. So now I think he's probably down to fifth yeah. now that Frank Gore has jumped up. In my mind, twelve thousand is that line that kind of separates you from greatness. Twelve, thirteen thousand, and it's just not a lot of guys that have had much more than that, but. I think that Curtis Martin uh, uh, Martin was special. He was able to catch the ball out of the backfield. He wasn't a powerful, powerful runner, but he can run you over from time to time. Sure. He had good speed. I mean, I, I think he was exactly what will work in today's NFL right now. Mm-hmm. I think Edron James and his productivity was special when, when he was with the Colts. I mean, there's a bunch of good running backs in the league. You named a bunch of them, but, you know, I, I, I yeah. certainly believe that when you separate – time errors because there was a time where everyone was the same size and then you had guys like Jim Brown that was bigger than everybody else sure of course he had a bunch of yards but nowadays the running backs are normally smaller than everyone else so let's say from the 90s on should probably have a list and when you start talking about that list Adrian Peterson certainly is on that obviously all the guys I just mentioned certainly are, are, are on that list as well I didn't say Tony Marcus Dorsett. Allen yet 
Yeah, I mean, I, I mentioned Marcus. Marcus. Allen. Oh, you did. Yeah, Tony Terrell Dorsett, Davis. Yeah. I mean, I, I think Terrell Davis was a good running back, short career, similar to Gale Sayers, but he had a couple Super Bowls, which which made his his career impactful. Corey Dillon, nah, not so much. Eddie no. George, Priest Holmes was yeah, really really not, good. Yeah, now you're down to that. But. Those are different class of guys, but those other guys, they're special. They're special. Yeah. Oh, and again, I think the thing that I also have to remind myself is this is also Bill Belichick. And nobody knows the Student history of the, of the game, game more. And I'm, so this was his list. No, so he was a part, of, and he had to sign off on it. Nobody gives Thurman Thomas the respect that he. he it's does. you know because well, he caught the ball well out of the backfield. It was everything. He ran the ball. He did all those things that we're talking about. Christian McCaffrey is doing. Went to four straight Super Bowls. I mean, he he was special. not his fault that they lost. He yeah. did have one untimely yeah. fumble that wasn't that was very unfortunate. But if you look at at Thurman Thomas, twelve thousand rushing yards. Yep. He was Falk Ladanian Edge before everybody. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, shit. Yeah, it's it is interesting. It's it was cool list. to watch the show. Uh, at the same point, <sighs> there. It's just the thing that I the reason that I care about this stuff is these lists do go on and live in this regard. Uh-huh. This list will go online. And what happens is I understand we need to remember people for posterity and for all time. And we so it's a lot easier to forget somebody like Dutch. Yeah. And people likely haven't talked about him in years since the nineteen thirties. And so it's important to keep it going. But when you leave people off lists. In this era of the internet where we don't learn anything, we just Google and read, and we don't want to formulate our own ideas, we just look at other lists. Like, that's kind of what we just did. That's right. Like, if there's somebody that's not on this list right now, we'll never, we'll, we won't remember them. The Corey Dillons will get lost. No, they're lost. You know what I mean? The Steven Jacksons will Here, get here's lost. Here's a question for the you. The Sean Alexanders will get lost. Would Emmitt Smith have the same type of career if he played on the Lions? I mean, that's like the, if there was first things first in the 1990s, that would have been number one take. Absolutely. Because uh, he wasn't, he wasn't quick and shifty like Barry. He was more of a power That's, that's why the argument, the argument for Barry Sanders is an easy one to make. Of course. He had the least amount of talent around him, and team. he still did it. That's right. And it, you, you get to play, like, the weird thing with Barry, because he retired after nine seasons, he still has potential. Yes. I, I have a potential theory that you, you only, when you first step on the field, all you do is lose potential. So when Dwayne Haskins steps on the field, he has unlimited potential. Mm-hmm. He could be a Hall of Famer. As soon as he throws that first pass, it either stays or it, if it's incomplete, it goes down. And, and that's why the greatest people are the people that have lost the least amount of potential. Yeah, like Mahomes. LeBron James. Yeah, of course. Like LeBron James to be in year 17 and to still have potential left is mind-boggling. That's right. But there are other people that we know. Like, we know what Jameis is. He, it's, we know exactly who he is. But with Barry, there's still what-ifs. Yeah. It's still, he's like the second leading rusher of all time. And what if he played six more years? Could have and easily what if he played, played on a good team? Easily. And so those are the guys that are incredible. You know, Frank Gore has squeezed every morsel out of his potential. Like, he has gotten more. Like, you know, when you squeeze a tank, you're like, I didn't think there'd be any water left. Frank Gore is getting every freaking drop. I love Frank Gore. And, and, you, and I've, I've told you this story about him, but yeah. I love Frank Gore because we both had, I had a knee injury in 96. So I tore my ACL in 96, had another surgery. Oh, in, so this is like pre-college. Yeah, in 99. So I tore my ACL in high school. Damn. And I retore it That's why you went college. to probably Villanova. Yeah, that's why I went to Villanova. But Frank tore his twice in college yeah. within 18 months of each other. And for his ability to to have this type of career, I don't even know how many years, 15 years or so now, Shoot. whatever it is, 
a bunch, 15,000 yards. And the way that he runs, he's not a make-you-miss type of guy. He wants to run you over. He's 5'10", 215, 220 at the most. He's... And it's not all muscle, which is kind of weird. He's not. He's not like he's like, elderly he's not, Mark Ingram. Yeah, he's not like uh, Adrian Peterson, where you say, "Oh wow, he's going to hurt you." No, but he's a ball. He's just like a ball of just a ball of knives that's coming at you. Whoa. The high knees. That sounds scary. That's how Frank Gore used to run. He's still doing it now. Ball of knives. Patient, getting downhill football. It, it, it was aggressive. It was. You know nasty. what knives can do? Gore you. I know. Oh, I like that. You see it? Yeah, that's a word that means stab, too. I like that. I yeah. appreciate you bringing puncture. that up. Yeah, puncture. Um, wow, Frank Gore. Frank Ball of Knives Gore. Frank Ball of Knives. Hey, Frank, hopefully you keep playing because that could be your new nickname. Ball know, of Knives. I know it's fe- never going to stick. It's too long. But that's it is interesting with Frank that he also now, I see him after games, and he just like, he looks like Danny Glover, like, I'm too old for this shit. Yeah, yeah. He's always like, right, you guys talk to each other. I'm leaving. I love Frank Gore. But he has a love for football that, is unmatched. Like a student of the game knows every position, does all the things right, works out the next day, wants to play football until he's a hundred. I love Frank Gore. I'm trying to see who the comparison is for the NBA in terms of like all time scoring leaders of like somebody that's at the top and they just did it longer than everybody else. Like Carl Malone, you know, it's a little bit no, like Frank no. Gore. Well, see, here's the thing. Frank Gore was never a, a rushing leader. He was just kind of like, hey, the, the Russian leader had 1,500 yeah. yards. He had 1,300. But he's just done it for so long. And it's I, I can't. Patrick Ewing. The average career for running backs is three years. How the heck is he still playing? Because he doesn't make people miss a bunch of times. He's running people over. That's what he did. How is he still doing that? That's amazing. I know how I felt after eight years. After my ninth year, I was like, yeah, this so is it. Me and my me and my friend, uh, this was last week, we were out and we were we were saying, name your top three favorite Raiders running backs and doing all that stuff. And then we started to get on running backs. And in my favorite running backs, which are not my best, but number three of my favorite, I think I went Barry Sanders, Bo Jackson, Marshawn Lynch. Really? And there's something about the, I'm going to run through your face. Yeah, yeah. That certain guys have, and certain guys want to make you miss. Le'Veon Bell is a make you miss. Yes. Marshawn Lynch is a run through your face. He was an Alvin attitude. Kamara is a make you miss. Alvin Kamara so fast. Mark Ingram is a, I'm a punchy in the face. Marshawn Lynch was a, a tone setter. Oh. He set that tone. I mean, you remember the Legion of Boom? We remember all that nasty safeties, physical front. But it was Marshawn Lynch that set the tone for that football team. He was a guy that said, you know what? This is the attitude that I'm going to have. This is an attitude for the offense. Yeah. And defense keep up. And they found an attitude because of him, because of what he was able to do. Mm. Marshawn Lynch was a special running back. And he, he was big, but he was also fast. He was nasty. And peak to me, and I, I can't remember how many years Pete Carroll coached it before Marshawn got there, but he was the reason why Pete Carroll was very, very successful there in, in, in Seattle. In my, a, big, a big part of it anyway. Of course. Um, I'm thinking about my favorite running backs. Marcus Allen used to be one of my favorites. He probably I'm trying to think if there's any contender this year that has one of those guys. I only think it's the Ravens with Ingram. I don't think any of the Niners running backs are power people. No. A lot they, of that comes they come from out of that backfield. They do. Lying. Uh, I don't think Aaron Jones or Jonathan Williams Nick Chubb is. a little bit maybe. Yeah, but they're not a real contender in my mind. I don't I don't make the playoffs. The Browns? You want to you want to put a money on it? Oakland lost the Browns. They got an easy schedule. 
I don't know. I can't bet on Baker. I just can't. It hurts me. I can't do it. Do you want to bet on a money? I can't. I can't bet do on Do you want to bet on money? What about Ezekiel Elliott? He runs hard. He doesn't look the same this year. He does, but he I don't think hard. the Cowboys are a contender. Okay. Okay. I don't think the Vikings are a contender, and they're 8-3. and three. I think they are. Because remember we talked about what run, bet can we make on the Vikings? Stopping the run and run deep and being able to run the football. Do you they believe can do they'll both. get to the NFC Championship game? Ah, yeah, no. They got to have to go you to the No, I don't believe that. No, you don't believe in them. I do believe in them. I, I, they are scary good on defense, and offensively, they can get it going. Because they have a running attack, and they got two good receivers, and Kirk Cousins is at least willing to throw some interceptions to figure it out. Never forget that Kirk Cousins is the ultimate litmus test, and if you look at all of the teams they've won, they're all teams that are falling below 500. I know. That's the problem. That's why I can't say they're going to win it, but I'm just trying to tell you, every now and then, Kirk Cousins gets it going. Well, we're going to see. Minnesota at Seattle this week. Uh, Before we go... Because uh, we are going to do a pod tomorrow with Warren Sharp uh, just to kind of talk about the Thursday games and then also a little bit of previewing the Thursday games. Do you want to talk about them at all? I think that there's only one game that matters. I am not excited to watch Bears-Lions. I'm going to watch that because it's football. Uh, Saints-Falcons at night. I doubt that the Falcons are going to be able to do anything, Mm. but it is in Atlanta. It's a division game. So, I mean, those division games are, are tough to call. But... Bills Cowboys at four thirty. If the Cowboys lose, they go to six and six. Interesting game for us. It is in Dallas. I feel very confident that the Cowboys are going to win that game. I think they're going to win. I think the Bills win back-to-back games. The Bills have completely turned around their style of offense. Yes. Their offensive coordinator, Brian Dayball, is now calling plays from the booth. Uh, last uh, This past week, they ran 70 plays, which I think was the most since, like, in like five years, we talked about on the betting show, their pace has completely changed. Um, but they are going into a Dallas stadium come, with them on a two-game losing streak. The Bills now surviving two wins where they let Miami hang around and Denver couldn't do anything and they were still kind of in the game. Yeah. It just looks like a really rough game. I would bet on a bounce back from the Cowboys. That defense Dallas. for the Cowboys is embarrassing. I thought they were going to be good. I don't think the Bills' offense is anything to write home. No, about. but they run the ball well. They they run it consistently. I don't think they do. You don't think they do? Not really. Yeah. I think the Bills are uh, the Bills. As I've said, will be the fifth seed in the playoff that loses in the first round. I can see that. They they don't have a bunch offensively, and Kyle Allen has been good. But I mean, Josh Allen, yeah. he's been he's been good. But there's been times where if he doesn't run. He's good. Then, then that offense yeah. is not effective. I just I think that's a really rough matchup. Yeah, tough matchup. But I'll be all right. So we didn't talk about the Eagles. I forgot we have to do that. Do we? Can we just skip over them for a week? They deserve to be skipped over. Man. I'm going to ask you as a Hall of Famer in the Philadelphia Eagles organization. Yeah. Am I allowed? to root for the Eagles to lose one of these next three games against Miami, Giants, and Washington just so that I don't get my hopes up that they move to 8-6 and six and then face the Cowboys only to be disappointed? Or do no. I have to be down for this the entire time? You have to, be, you have to ride with your team. What you mean? What you mean? What are you talking about? Why would you say something uh, like that? You got to ride with your team. This team. If you're, if you're, all they're gonna do. You're a fan, right? Me. Are you a fan? Then what do you mean? Can they? Can I be down for them? Yeah, to but lose? I'm also. It's also like, it's like I'm in a troubled relationship. You don't want to, yeah, yeah. And I don't want to walk down the aisle. Yeah. Because if I commit, 
and they don't show, and I knew it was going to be problematic. Listen, commit. You got you to gotta commit to it. But I really don't want to, man. And, and here's why you have to commit. Because the defense is playing at a Super Bowl level is right played, now. They're not playing a Super Bowl level, but they're playing much better. Yeah, let's talk about the fact that Russell Wilson overthrew Jacob Hollister and DK Metcalf dropped the ball. 14 points. 14 points. But sometimes you get hit a couple times. That may be a factor there. DK Metcalf has been inconsistent, but he catches a lot of balls. He caught a lot of, ball, a Dude, lot of balls. All they did was go, where's Jalen Mills? Great. Let's throw at him. Throw at him. That's your starting. Dude. You're the guy that you – And the dude that's got corner. the most yeah. confidence on the team. That's right. Finger wagging when they drop the ball. I'm, I'm okay with that. I'm okay with all of that. I just want the Eagles to be – I want Carson Wentz to be better. Look, there's, there's really going to be a situation, I'm foreseeing it now, where the Eagles, they're going to face the Dolphins. And it's going to be a lot uglier. And God forbid this team goes out in South Beach on Sunday night. No, they're not. And they start off really slow. But I think that they don't beat the Dolphins. They survive. Write all this down. Then they're going to go and face the Giants at home. Another close game where they're going to survive. It is going to be ugly. Daniel Jones, two interceptions. Then they're going to go to Washington. It's going to be like Lane Johnson comes back. They've had Jordan Howard and Al Sean back for a week, and they win that game. It's a little bit close, but they win it by double digits like a late turnover. They'll beat the Redskins. And then they're going to be sitting there at 8-6, and six, mm-hmm. facing Dallas at home. And I'm going to get my hopes up. You should. Because you're a fan. And they're going to lose. I don't like the matchup between the Eagles and the, the Cowboys. And I, it's, it's like I'm trying to save, da- I'm trying to save December Adam. Like, November Adam is trying to save December Adam from mm-hmm, pain. Mm-hmm. You don't want to be heartbroken. You're protecting your heart. That's and, what I'm trying to and do. And I appreciate that about you. But protecting that's, your but heart. But that's why I don't want to enjoy the Dolphins wins and the Giants wins but that's, and the Washington wins. Protecting your heart is like you see a beautiful woman and you're like, nah, I don't want to date her because she may hurt my feelings. That's not the way to go into life. That's not the way to date. You see the beautiful woman, you go after her. You don't protect your heart. You go in there with your heart wide open, and you say, if you're going to hurt me, I would rather be hurt by something I love, the Philadelphia Eagles. I don't want to be hurt by an ugly chick. I want to be hurt by the best chick. That's the Eagles right now. Yeah, but what I'm saying is I just want to stay home and watch Netflix and chill. I'm not even trying to talk to anybody else. I'm just saying, hey, is it cool, like, if I don't go out tonight? Yeah. And, like, I know that it's going to be really fun. Like, you know what's really (laughs) funny about the Eagles schedule? The Eagles schedule is like going out on a Friday night when you're not sure. After That's the worst. you take that first shot, yeah. the Miami Dolphins. Yeah. Hey, man, so it could actually good. be a good night. Uh-huh. Oh, look who's walking in. Hey, how you doing? Trying to be like you. Uh-huh. Second shot. Oh, New York Giants. Uh-huh. Oh, they play my song. What's good? We're feeling all right. <laughs> now we're sitting here, and we're seven and six. We got a winning record. Here we yeah, go. Yeah. And then Washington comes up. Oh, my God. She walks in, Boom. and it is in slow motion. And, she and she's got the dress, and she's yeah. looking nice. No, and I, I say, what do you like to drink? And she says, whatever you're having. Boom. And then Big D comes to town. joy that you've built up you know she turns around and she goes that's my boyfriend that's him after you gave her the drink that's him and Can then you, you look it? at your friends and go oh my god do you know how many episodes of rick and morty i could have watched and she probably doesn't even drink she gives him the drink you're right oh 
Oh, my God. I would smack that drink out of the, both of their hands. There's nothing more troubling than a big D coming to town. Oh, my goodness. I'm out. You're but right. That's, but so that's how I look at the next three weeks <laughs> of the right, Eagles. bro. It's going to start popping. It's going to be eight and six. We're going to be sitting over here talking about X's and Y's and Z's and the playoff picture. And if we're able to play Minnesota the first round, we could really shock the world. And, like, it could be great. And then Zeke is going to come in there with his nose ring. Uh And Dak's going to come in there flipping his hips. hips. Yeah, yeah. And the worst part is, is I feel like we're going to lose because of Sean Lee. You know what I mean? Sean Lee. Yeah, like the little dude that nobody yeah, invited. Yeah, yeah. Hey, guys. Ah, shit. What are you doing here? Hey. Pain in the butt. She's pretty. You're going to buy me a drink? Sean, get the hell out of here. <laughs> You're ruining it for everything. You're ruining it. <laughs> we had a good thing going before you got here. Damn. So Check that, this out, That's man. how I see the Eagles season. Look at this guy. This guy, I did an appearance, and this guy. He gives you. So you just handed me. He went to school with my dad. A laminated sheet, the 1971 Dutchman. Yes. And you were at a signing? I went to a, I had to do my radio show in Lawrenceville, New Jersey. Okay. Guy walks up to me and said, listen, I went to school with your dad. This is him. And I didn't even know this until, until um So it says Friday. Concordia Sports, published October 13th, 1971, led by co-captain Gary Morris, union freshman halfback Ron Westbrook, who I'm not going to lie – is he wearing 36? He's wearing 36. And he's running at an angle that I've seen I you run before. I didn't even know that he wore the number 36. Sweeps the right side. 12th victory in a row over the last two seasons. And over here, kind of looks bush. like your brother a little bit. He does. Nice little bush going on there. You know, old school, you had to have the bush. And you've never seen this before? I've never seen any of these pictures. Yeah, he, this guy gave it to me. He's like, yeah, I played with your dad. He was awesome. And uh, here's the thing. When you talk to your dad about sports. Oh, my the- God. And listen to this sentence. This is in ni- this is in 1971. Westbrook's speed is complemented by his pass catching ability in that Mitchell has made him a prime target. Mm-hmm. Kind of sounds like another person I'm I heard. trying to tell you when when you talk to your father, he's always like, "Oh, I was this and that and that and this," and you're like, "Yeah, yeah, yeah, okay, old man." And then when I see this guy Gary Morris, he's like, "No, your dad was that guy. He was a guy that we all wanted to be like. He was a guy that we looked up to." And you never knew. Well, I kind of knew, but it, your dad tells you all types of yeah. Al Bundy stories. Yes. You never really know the Back truth. in my day. Back in my day. I four, so five you know what? That's actually, maybe we should give more respect to Dutch Clark in the 1930s. Give Dutch a little Playing respect. up against newspaper boys and steel mill right. workers. They, they, they had to come from work to go to the game. Yeah. And then go back to the work after the game. That's Dutch Clark, the greatest running back that's ever played. Really, Ma? Can he sign my one banana? Uh-huh. That's incredible. Now, that banana costs you 13 cents. That's right. And he also brings and delivers our milk on Sunday. He does. That's right. I love when he brings all the jugs. <laughs> I would love to date Ingber. I think next week we should just do like a series called The Life of Dutch Clark. And it's just <laughs> this running back that none of us have ever seen and what his side jobs were. Right. Yeah. Mechanic. Oh, man, my tire's got a flat. Oh, my God, are you Dutch, Clark? Yes, I am, man. And I'm the meanest tire changer this side of the Mississippi. (laughs) And best running back in the NFL, ma'am. Seriously. It'll be perfect. Dutch, can I ask you a question? What's it like to score a pigskin? Okay, we've had enough. Uh, Oh, Thanksgiving is on Thursday. Yes. You are the weirdest eater I've met in a long time. We're on diets, too. We are, we are, we are. We're in portion control. But I'm going to name a uh, food or a side, Mm -hmm. 
and I want you to tell me if you like it. Okay, go. Do you like turkey? Uh, yeah, I love turkey. Okay. Love turkey. I like my turkey fried, though. Fried turkey. I don't fried like the turkey. dry, old-school turkey. I want fried turkey. This year, actually, my wife is making jerk turkey. What? Which I, I'm, I'm sure would be delicious, honey. I'm sure it will be. Just out of the norm is all, I'm, all I say about that. Do Does Brian Westbrook like stuffing? I do love stuffing. Wow. I like stuffing with a little gravy on it. Yes, I do like stuffing. Yes. You have to have stuffing on Thanksgiving. Do you like cranberry sauce? If you have cranberry sauce at your table, then you're a bad person. Wow. You're just a bad individual, and you should not have guests. They should just eliminate themselves from your presence because if you have cranberry that you are trying to get out of the What if the it's cans? organic, no. authentic? No. They make it themselves. What is, what is cranberry? It's is, that not a, like, is it a dessert? What is it? Where, where do you eat that? I at? believe if I was going to come at you with real restaurant palate stuff, everything on your food, your plate is very savory and salty. No. You are not someone that mix foods, but mixing the sweetness and tartness of a cranberry mm -mm. with the saltiness of, let's say, a mashed potato. No. Okay. Mashed what about potatoes. mashed potatoes? Love mashed potatoes. Love them. Cranberries, they, cran that's a bad, bad, bad idea. Do you serve mac and cheese at your Thanksgiving? I despise mac and cheese. Like I, my wife always, this is a point of contention in my home that she wants to have mac and cheese there. And I'm like, no, no, we're not having mac and cheese. We're just not doing it. You... Just so I can... you eat. Do you eat mac and cheese? Process what you Noodles say. and cheese. That's, that's what mac and cheese is. Noodles and cheese. And you think that's special? Can really? I, can I tell you that Get the entire country of Italy has made a community based off of cheese and noodle? Bad. There is no food that I believe is more universally celebrated than the combination of mac and cheese other than maybe chocolate and peanut butter. First of all, the, the, the most... Celebrated. I will say this. What's very funny is I, through uh, asking the office last year, we were doing this with football players too. Um, mac and cheese is not often served at white Thanksgivings. Really? Typically that is more of a mashed potato. And uh -huh. what we noticed from like interviewing, and this is obviously like a, a sample size of 50 people that I talked to. <laughs> mac and cheese is it's a black thing. And, Absolutely. And mashed potatoes is more of a white thing. Really? That's what I, I, I like a good mashed potato. Do you guys have like coleslaw? I don't think that we have coleslaw, but I would, I would, because you speak for all white people. In that's my that's my job. Yeah. Um, <laughs> are, I don't. Are you guys there might the be coleslaw. coleslaw. I know yeah. that my aunt will make like an Asian coleslaw. There's a slaw of some sort. From yeah, Asian I eat everything. Coleslaw. I'm not a good person to, to say. What about cornbread? Do you like cornbread? What? Every black person likes cornbread. Everyone. The correct answer was ain't nothing wrong ain't, with that. Ain't nothing wrong with a little cornbread. Yeah. Go ahead. Um, what about sweet potato casserole? Or pumpkin pie. So I'm out on the casserole. I love sweet potatoes. Like, the, you know, you cut them up, you dice them up, whatever, and you put a little... But you don't like when it's whipped with mar marshmallows? No, no, no. Marshmallows are no good. No good. You don't, you don't like marshmallow at all? No, I don't No, I don't like marshmallows at all. But I don't want, wow. I don't want to mix the, 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 the savoriness of a sweet potato with the marshmallow. They don't go together. Would you eat a s'more? I have. I'm not, I'm not in love with them. What aspect of it did you not like? I don't like, like marshmallows. Why? Because they're just like empty. It's like you, you, you bite into them and they're just, yeah. yeah. All right, so. Nobody likes marshmallows. No, and you definitely don't want marshmallows and sweet potatoes. No good. Sweet potato casserole, nah. 
I'm out on that. All right, so if we started off the morning with an omelet, and then at lunch uh, we had some mac and cheese. Starving. And then at night I'm starving. we had a s'more. Starving. You would not eat any of it. I would eat none of that. Zero. I hate omelets. I don't know if mac and cheese is worse than your peanut butter and chocolate take. I, you know, I want to like omelets because you could put all different types of stuff in omelets. So I want to like an omelet. I hate it. I hate eggs, though. What about, so what, not even a Kraft mac and cheese? No, no. I don't like the smell of cheese. What if I took you to like Mamafuku Nishi and they had a Pepe like dish with like noodle and some butter and some cheese? Yeah. Would you? No, no. No matter, no matter what you do with noodles What, what do you and order cheese? at an Italian restaurant? Spaghetti. And? Um, Bolognese? No. Meat sauce? What? Meat sauce. That meat, meat sauce with little sauces in there. Yeah, I like Not that. Not bologna. No, I didn't say bologna. No, but sauce? <laughs> yeah, meat sauce. Like wow. meatballs with the sauce. Yeah, nice, of course. What everybody like else gets. You would gets. never get like a fettuccine Alfredo. No, too cheesy. I don't like the creamy sauce. I like the white wine sauce, though. So white wine sauce scampi. is good. Scampi is good. A little oyster. I like the little would you eat I like oyster? The seafood. I would, but... It's not my favorite, but I'll eat that. I'll eat it. I've had, um, picked up my daughter. Did you eat a crab ago. dip? No. Too cheesy. Way too cheesy. With the little uh, yeah. spinach? No. no. Artichoke? No. Dip. No. No. Ar- artichoke. What about if they have like a nice soft pretzel with a cheese dip? I like pretzels, not cheese. No. But I'll tell you this. I like nachos with cheese. What? It's crazy. I like nachos and cheese. And I love pizza too, so. Like every other human being does. You don't like the gloopy cheeses. No. You like the stringy cheeses. I don't like, I like mozzarella cheese, but I won't eat it cold. Don't eat it cold. Whatever, was it cheddar cheese? You don't like any cheese. So your worst evening out would be fondue. Fond, oh no. I would not I, I never would eat, never eat. <laughs> I never would eat fondue. So no. you don't like soupy. Okay. And uh-uh. No, no, no. I want to make a bet with you that at the end of the year, the loser has to get um, dunk tanked into a vat of nacho cheese. Really? That's that's where your mind goes. Yeah, because huh? it sounds like you would really hate. I would I would be upset for a lot of different reasons. Yes, <laughs> and and I'm upset. Optionally, I'm disturbed that your mind is even optionally. thinking. Of, optionally, <laughs> optionally. Well, yeah. no, because I think it's very interesting. Like, I, texture is a thing, it but is. yours is yours is up there, bro. Hey, so what are you what are you doing for Thanksgiving? Are you are you cooking or no? No, we're gonna. My, I have some aunts that are really good cooks. So you're not gonna contribute no, anything to I'm the meal. Gonna, I'm gonna bring down like a new, a new York pastry, what, or a cake. I think when you live in New York, you can just kind of walk in any place just and they're like, oh, is that a New York yet? You're like, yep, right, Manhattan. So the and pastry. they're like, ooh, things just taste better when they're from the city. Yeah. So I'll bring one. Down. We're getting someone cake. catered. We're getting our dinner catered. Nice. Which this is the first time my mother was upset. My wife thought of it. So there's a little bit of I don't know. There was friction. But there was a little bit of like, what? She's going to get dinner catered? I'm like, yeah, we're going to get it catered. Do you know how you sell it and then we got to go because we're taking way too long talking, about, talking this. about this? You say that your wife, and I'm giving you marriage advice. I appreciate that. You tell your mom that your wife wanted to do that so she could talk to her more. I, I, just, I said, I said don't you want to spend more time with us? She was like, yeah, I want to spend time with you guys. But I want to be able to cook. They want to cook. Black, black mothers want to be able to cook. I know. And they want you to sit there and eat all day. All day. Sounds amazing. It does sound amazing. I'm All excited. Right. Three more. Three, how many more days before Thanksgiving? And that was food talk. Uh, for Westbrook. The Rocket Man. I am the L-E-F-K-O-E. Man, we wish you guys a happy Thanksgiving. You especially, Brian. Thank you, brother. I appreciate Enjoy it. Uh, and you then too, man. We're going to have Warren in tomorrow via, apparently he could talk again. Uh, so we're going to do it. He lost his voice? He apparently got that sick. Oh, wow. Yeah. 
All right, let's get the fuck out of here. Yelling at that TV, man. See you, brother. See you, guys. See you soon. Bye.